So as I set this up, <clears throat> I'm going to, um, we'll just start our, our, our message off here. We're just going to bow in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the opportunities that you give us on a daily basis. And I thank you for the fact that your word is going out amongst your people this morning all across the world. And I pray that as your word goes forth, that your truth will pierce into the hearts of, the, of your people, dear Lord. And help us in our daily walk to take you seriously, to make a difference with the people around us, and to truly try to follow you. Amen. Okay, are we up and running? We're starting, we're trying a new um, setup here this morning, so we're going to we're hoping that it's going to work. Are we up and going? <clears throat> okay. So, Lakeside Christian School um, has been part of our community for over 32 years, and we have been so blessed to be able to be part of this of this uh, town. And over the last 13 years, I've been privileged to be the principal there, and we've started going on mission trips um, in 2011, and this was mission trip number five that we took to Guatemala. Here we are at the airport. We were trying to leave. I don't know if you guys remember a few of the snowstorms we had this year, but we had to leave on a morning where every road in Manitoba was closed until 2 o'clock, and then um, we had to be at the airport by 5 in the morning in Minneapolis. So this was a picture I took out my car window at the border. They, uh, they were a little surprised with us being there, seeing there was only one little road um, <clears throat> cleared through, and we were the first ones there at 2 o'clock, but they had to turn us back because there had been a bank robbery in Rolla, and they didn't feel it was safe for us to go through with our students. So it was a little bit of, uh, of prayer time going on into this, uh, this trip here. Here we are, uh, the very first night in Guatemala City. We stay at a hostel there, and I tell the kids... Enjoy your nice hot shower because it's the last one you get for a while. So uh, we are just kind of preparing and getting our hearts ready. <clears throat> it's too bad. It's, too, it's a really dark picture. This, when we get to the hostel in the morning, they, they, pack, they, they send a tour bus and they pack our suitcases on top of the bus. It's kind of like playing Tetris um, with suitcases. Uh, we brought, we were able to bring 22 suitcases down with, with medical supplies and school supplies and other things like that. This is in front of our, our hotel in San Bartolo. So if you want any fresh fruit, you take it off out of the box that's on the street and, and go get it cleaned up and, uh, and enjoy it. We did house visits. We, in, in one week, we did three house visits. Um, Two of them were with small children, and the little girl in the pink shirt on the top, 
she had a calcium growth on her lower, lower spine, and so they had to remove it when she was seven months old. And so at this point, she wasn't able to walk because of the surgery and the growth. Uh, so we were able to leave them money with the church for physiotherapy appointments to get there and back and also pay for the physiotherapy so that she can walk. So that money has been, is, is, is actually being used right now so that she can, can do the things that the little ones can do. The bottom picture is a little boy named Christian. Now he had, they figure that he probably had a leaking appendix um, and they just don't have the medical facilities that we have here. And so by the time they caught it, there's a lot of problems inside his body and uh, now he has a, a hole in his heart. So <clears throat> this little guy, was it's a miracle he was alive right now, but we also gave them uh, funds so that they could go to medical appointments and, and hopefully do, do something to help this little one. This, uh, this couple of ladies, this is, a, this is a mom and her daughter, and they live uh, right across the street from the school and church. And uh, they, they can no longer go to the, to the church because it's at the very top of the hill, and with their health conditions, it's just not possible. And when we had gone in 2012, Mrs. Campbell, I'm sure most of you know Faye Campbell, Mrs. Campbell's mom, who had been 94, 95 then, had sewn some blankets. And we had given a, one of her blankets to these ladies. And so when Faye was able to visit with these ladies, because Faye's mom has passed since then, it was a real blessing to all of them because there's just a connection there. And so we were really happy to um, be able to connect with them and form relationships. Each time we go to house visits, we, all, we always, always pray with them. <clears throat> Pastor Julio is sitting on the steps. He is legally blind. We purchased an iPad for him a number of years ago, and since then it has uh, crashed. And so we were able to, through Steve um, Petker, getting the, getting the, I'm getting them on, on online. We were able to give him an iPad and also uh, our translator, who um, is Henry here in the bottom. And Henry works has worked for World Vision. He's worked for Compassion International, and now he's actually working for the UN on um, some some um, part-time work. And he has a heart for the Lord. I tell you, it's amazing. And his wife is also principal at a Christian school, so there's a really good connection there. And an iPad for them is very expensive. It would be over a year's worth of, of wages. So for them to receive an iPad in their, um, in their jobs is a, is a huge blessing. When, <clears throat> when we got there on the Saturday, uh, the Compassion Center was having a fundraiser, and it was a race. So the, they said, well, you, does anyone want to come and race with us? It's, just, it's for fun. It's a fundraiser. So we kind of watched the little ones during the day run around the block. And I tell you, three- and four-year-olds running around the block on a race is pretty fun to watch. And so in the afternoon when the boys decided to join, Philip, uh, Terrence, and Luke, we thought, well, you know, it's, you were up in the mountains. 
it's very high of elevation, so you don't have as much air. The air quality is not the same as what we're used to. And uh, it's only 4.2 kilometers. You should be okay. Just go slow. Well, they left, took off, and we were talking with the rest of the people and realized it was four and a half kilometers up the mountain and four and a half down. So those poor boys, we felt so bad for them but because where they were running, it was so steep that they were in the switchbacks already. So uh, they came back and were able to work the rest of the week, but I was pretty impressed with that. And they had lots of fun interacting with, with the kids. Some of them recognized some of the kids already because they've been before, and so it was just really great. Uh, my sponsor child is in San Bartolo, so this is the third time I've been able to meet with him. He is 16. He's in his last year of compassion. Uh, I was the fourth, his fourth sponsor, and um, he's now in, the, in a nursing program an hour away, so I was able to give him an iPad as well, which helps him in his studies. So it was really fun getting just to, just to see him again. <clears throat> We brought four, four suitcases of medical supplies from International Hope out of Winnipeg. And uh, Dr. Carolina was just so excited waiting for us to come because these medical supplies are all expired. They would normally go in the garbage in our Canadian hospitals. They're worth absolutely nothing. So for us to be able to bring her sutures and Band-Aids and, and wraps and... Um, and cast items for casting up bones and things like that um, makes a huge difference because she's the only doctor in 10,000 10, people. And when she's open, her little sign is out, Clinica Medica. <clears throat> Some Guatemalan food choices. Um, I just I took these for my, my students' sake because I thought that it was, it's just kind of interesting for them to see. Um, they have a, a weekly uh, market, and that's on Sunday mornings. And so if you need corn for the week, you just come and take corn off the, off the tarp. And hopefully, if, if some, hopefully you get the clean stuff, because if some goes onto the street, they just sweep it back onto the tarp, and away you go. And uh, so I'm not sure if, what berries think in there. <laughs> Maybe thankful that we, have, we buy them in bags here in town. Our boys were very easy to find after they got themselves some ponchos. <coughs> we were part of six church services in five days, and uh, we were in charge of, of five of them. So everyone, was, everyone gave their testimony, shared, shared their, their story, and it was very powerful um, to, to be able to go and, and spend time with the people, especially because you're going back to the same place, and to see the growth that's happened in those communities. Uh, this is Bethania Church, and this is the, the, the base church that we, that we uh, work from. The pastor, Julio, that, that's blind, he, he has planted a number of churches up in the mountains. So um, whenever we go and, and, and do different ministries in different churches, he has connections there. Since we started coming here in 2012, their services were, they, they were full, but they were full of mostly older people. In the last few years, because there's, they've, they've been, um, 
Well, there's just a lot of really good things happening there. They have over 50 kids that come to their youth on a regular basis. Um, and they do services, and they, they don't look up, they don't, there's no, there is no clock in the church. They come about the time that it gets dark, and they start about when they think everybody's there, and they go until they are done praising God. And it's pretty amazing to be part of it. <clears throat> we also try to sing on um, the church services, and um, it, it's it's really fun to watch them try to watch us sing in English because a lot of them have never like they don't even speak Spanish. So it's it's really it's really a fun time to um, to share God's God's love in a different language. It's still the same thing, so it's kind of great. Uh, the youth did drama this year, so because we have high school. Um, we have high school youth in in drama and music worship class at, at school. Erin uh, Neufeld, our high school teacher, she had the kids um, learn some dramas, and they were very, very powerful. So this is Luke and Bethany. <coughs> they all shared their stories at different services. And then we were able to go to the children's ministry, and that is so much fun. We sing songs with them. Um, the kids did little dramas with, um, with the different, different Bible stories. And then we went into the classrooms, and we did crafts with them, and a lot of pointing and uh, to show how to do how to, how to different things. And uh, it's just an awful lot of fun to do that. And the kids afterwards, uh, because you're in the same town, you see them going home with their with their items, and some of them will come bring those items to church with them when we when we go to those churches. <clears throat> we had um, a half a day off uh, while we were in San Bartolo, and we went up, we went up to. The, the mountain at the very end of one of the roads, and here was a, a family who um, was made, was doing a fish farm, and so we were able to do, um, I can't remember what it's called, like, you throw the net out, and it goes goes into a big circle, and it weights down, and then you pull, pull them up. So we were able to have a fish fry afterwards, and then our guys tried to play soccer against their boys, and that was pretty interesting. I think it was, I don't know, six to nothing at the end of it. Is that about right, Philip? Something like that. It was really fun. We also were able to do public school ministry, and it was very, um, it was very good to be able to go into the public schools as well because if kids can afford to go to public schools they will not be in the compassion program because they have the money to afford to go to school. The compassion children are the ones that, that whose parents can't afford to go to public school. And there, <clears throat> there are no Christian schools there yet. So that's why we're building so that, it, that they can afford to go to school. So we were able to go to, the, to a public school uh, up in the mountains. Um, and again, we did crafts and stories and games and this public school, they had, there were 65 or 66 kids that gave their hearts to Jesus. So that was really amazing thing. And because Pastor Julio has churches up in the mountains, 
Uh, he has the connections to, to follow up, and, um, and he's noticed a huge difference in, in the, the churches um, that don't have as many resources, but they have a heart of Jesus up there. So this was, this was a very good thing um, to be able to just connect with those kids again and to, um, to let them know that, that Jesus, is, Jesus is real. God is real. <clears throat> this is at the Compassion Center in San Bartolo. <clears throat> Altogether, um, we, um, with, we also went to public school in San Bartolo. We had about 110 to 120 kids give their hearts to the Lord or rededicate their lives. So Pastor Julio said that that was, you know, they, they would have, now they have a lot of work to do in their, in their community, and that's a really great thing. So we're going we're gonna to move to um, the, the school that we've been working on. Uh, they, I've told you before, we had, when we first started digging, we were supposed to be a three-story building, and when we got there halfway through the week, all of a sudden our trenches were filled with water because there was water on, on the property. So we could only do two stories high, but because they have an, an aquifer um, <clears throat> right there, they were able, they're able to, to actually sell the water. So a group called Living Waters, a Christian group of uh, southern United States, they came in and they put a purify purification system in for the water so they're now selling it in town and that's another source of income for them we were tying rebar for the property fence this time so our work our work time was uh tying rebar and and making forms because they're they've now they've got a building and they have things there there's there they need some security there so that's what we were doing, and digging again. So for any of you that have been there digging, we are digging some more. <clears throat> they just put chalk lines, and uh, the, the man in the yellow striped shirt, he is the engineer for the, for the building project. So he would measure. He, he, he still has measuring tape that Clarence gave him a couple years ago. And uh, he wears it on his on his hip with pride because uh, it's very hard to find some of those things in Guatemala. So he was out there measuring everybody's uh, digging. And this is a view from the top, <coughs> from the top of the school. And so you can see that uh, that they that they dug um, two sides of the property. They also had a large pile of dirt in the um, on the edge of the of the school and by wheelbarrow and shovel and sweat the team moved about half that pile so two weeks later another school came in so there's mid vermont christian school and they i I sent this picture put this picture in to see that that these are the forms that 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 our team made and they're actually put in now so they they have it they have the, the the rebar up they have the fence started and, um, and we also left money there with them to, to purchase flooring. It didn't come in because it was on Guatemala time, but it came in within two weeks. So this is the bathrooms in that school. I thought they were just beautiful. They, have, they don't have doors on the stalls yet, but those will be in, um, well, soon, hopefully, because they're using it now. This, uh, this is another... Um, 
um, area. This is in the kitchen, the dark brown portions in this kitchen. That's their sink. So, <clears throat> and this is a class. This is one of the classrooms. So when when you go into there, you think, "Wow, I wouldn't have to put anything up on the walls. Just look out my window and see those beautiful mountains. It's just beautiful." So compassion has moved in now that they've got flooring, and they have they are now able to go. Probably increase fifty to hundred more students that are kids to go into Compassion Center there because now they've got the space to do it in this building. The building that we were in before it was um, it was owned by a private it was a private building and it, the man had told Compassion that they that he wanted to start living in it himself so that Compassion would have to move out, which would mean that three hundred kids would have to stop being sponsored and stop the program. So now that the school is built, it was honestly in God's timing. They not only can move into this into this school, but now they can increase the number of kids that, that can be in the program. Um, one of the things that are that um, that we have seen being here is um, the way God works. And when we first came, there was a there, there was a lady that was running Compassion Center. Um, she had some personal issues that she needed to deal with, so they needed to find a new leader for the Compassion Program. And um, when we first came in 2012 to this place, um, there was a lot. There were a few people like they were starting to reach out into the communities around them. There's a lot of witchcraft in the area, and one of the young men that that, that came out of the witchcraft, out of a family of witchcraft. Um, People, I guess. Uh, he he just totally gave his heart to the Lord. He is now the music director in their church, and he is now the compassion leader for San Bartolo. He has an amazing story to tell, and it's those kinds of things that we 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 here don't we don't necessarily see those kinds of things happen in our in our community um, in, or in our country. We those kinds of things are kind of quiet and hushed and oh well I don't know what really is true like does that really happen but um, it is real it is real there it is real here and um, Manolo who is the the leader of compassion he has um, the proof so it's pretty great to be part of that here we are in um, we are in Antigua we finally have showers after a while, and we are ready for home. <clears throat> I'm going to switch over to, um, to my message. So before my message, I just I wanted to give you guys a bit of an update on, um, on the school, because last time I spoke, we were... Um, I just wanted to give you guys... I'd let you guys see what, what's kind of happened there. Make sure it's working. It's working. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, you guys have been an amazing support to our school. Um, there are lots of, of uh, things happening in, in the education world in Canada. I'm on the executive board for ACSI Western Canada. Um, I just finished a 
a three-year term and was elected for another three-year term. And being part of that, that group of administrators and leaders across Canada has been a really oh, eye-opener for me about what is happening in our education system in, in Canada and across the world. So um, as we go through this, I want to do a, a little bit of um, talking about our school, a little bit about talking about, about um, education across our country. So we, are, we have blessings here. And the, what we've seen at our school is, um, is a huge, huge um, force of God happening with, with the addition that we've been put, that we have put up in the last couple of years and the support and the, the, the things that just happen to fit in, that just happen to work. So in 2015, we had our saw turning ceremony. <clears throat> November 30th, uh, can you believe it? Like no snow on the ground. Uh, our foundation was being put up. <clears throat> End of June, the very last day of school, we started renovating the original building and um, finished our, our grad ceremony and, and grabbed a few of the dads and said, can you please help us do some things? So we started renovations last summer. A number of us spent every day at school except for Sundays um, or at least four or five days a week. Uh, the renos were finished on the last day before school started, which was a bit of a, um, a bit of a busy day. Um, and although we have heat, the only thing we're waiting for is the heating system to be finished at the time. But we do have heat. We're just waiting for them to finish it. Um, that's a whole other uh, sermon on patience, though. Um, this summer, we'll be working on, on finishing the landscape around the school. So, Blessings. Setting up a classroom, that was, it took a while to get everything figured out and organized, and, uh, and, but it was amazing time. We've had a year of stretching and growing. Our enrollment is at 61. Our staffing positions are filled for this year. And we've had our largest enrollment ever, and it was a real challenge, I tell you, scheduling classes, teachers, and the allotted time requirements. <clears throat> And it's decided to be stubborn. <coughs> okay, I'm going to just keep on talking and, and restart my, my PowerPoint here. Um, so we have extra room this year. Um, and uh, with that, we've had so many good things um, happen. So we have, um, we, we're, like this next year, okay, I'm just, I just need a second here. Isn't technology great? Okay. Um, this next year, our, our, our school population will be about the same. So with that, um, the board has, has asked for me to go half-time this next year, which is uh, half-time teaching and then about half-time in the office, which will be a real stretch for me because I've never, ever, um, I've only done multi-grade classrooms ever since I've been start, started teaching. 
but uh, it'll be a, it'll be very good. The, the, the school definitely needs that with that many new students. Uh, there are some job postings for K one and four five for next year. Um, with with more space, we've found that our students are much more settled, and they're ready to get to their assignments um, because it is a quieter environment. Um, we have a designated speech room now. Um, we have renovated bathrooms. Um, we put in a new single gender neutral bathroom as, as required by Manitoba law. And we call that our staff room, our staff bathroom. And storage spaces, uh, we've got some new storage space areas that have been um, really good to make our school much more user friendly. Um, we have, we're very bottom heavy with students. So we have, um, next year we'll have 14 grade ones, and it looks like we're going to divide our, our classrooms up into about, about between 17 and 19 students per classroom until we hit grade 6. Grade 6 to 12, there'll be about the same amount for grade 6 to 12. But as those kids come up, we're already planning for, um, for, for new activities to be started and new programs to be started as well. We have um, a music a worship team, like a music program for the high school kids. So it's not just teaching them how to play in band. It is teaching them how to play together as a worship team and worship and how to lead a, a, um, how to lead a congregation in worship. They also have drama. We have home ec. Um, probably going to culinary arts next year as well. <clears throat> Uh, this year, with so uh, we've had so so many more spaces um, for uh, with a multi-purpose room. So our multi-purpose room has been used for the, for music, gym, sewing, worship band, drama classes, assembly, chapel, uh, indoor recess space. We've started family movie nights. Also, a large messy craft space, presentations, music lessons, and in June we have graduation there for, our, for the first time. And uh, it's, spe- it's pretty special that, that we can do that because um, the very first student who started school in kindergarten at Lakeside Christian School and has gone the whole way through to grade 12 graduates this year, and that's Luke, if I let him graduate. I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be kind of hard to let him go, I tell you. <clears throat> I think I've got this guy up, going, up and going again. So, this is our high school classroom in September. This is our office area. I have an actual office. Uh, some of my boys doing uh, computer work in the in middle years classroom, and our hallway. We've got beautiful new lockers, and it just it just has we have so much space. Our one and two classroom, and our drama class. So blessings. I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the the um, my favorite scripture in the Bible. It is Psalm 139. And I want to ask you guys, how well do you know the person that you're sitting beside? How well do you know your best friend, your spouse, your parents, or your siblings? 
It is, uh, this scripture is one that I turn to often on good days and tough days. It's Psalm 139. It's a psalm written by King David, a man who had many successes in his spiritual life and many failures in his spiritual life. The psalm was written from his heart. David thought deeply about who God is, and it is evident in the, the words that he, that he wrote. David was able to express his understanding of who he was, just a man, compared to who God is, our creator, sustainer, and giver of life. When I read this scripture, I often just praise God and thank him, and it leads me to worship God. David understood that he as a human was created by a real loving creator. This creator did not leave David on his own, but he was interested in David. This is the same creator, God, who made us, you and me. God has searched us, and he knows us. He knows us fully and completely, and he understands each one of us. He is acquainted with all our ways, our habits, good and bad, our likes and our dislikes. God knows our hopes, our fears, our successes, and our failures. God is also fully aware of our words, but not just our words as they leave our mouth, as it says, you know it all together. This means that God knows the meaning, source, intention of our words, and our words, they come from our hearts. He never promises us a perfect life, but God does promise over and over that he is with us, each of us. He promises a personal relationship. He is not a God who watches us and to wait for us to make mistakes so he can punish us, but instead it says, you lay your hand upon me. He is there with us when we have to face the consequences of our actions. And it's really too amazing for me to understand this loving, true God, but I am thankful that he is this way. At LCS, we have the privilege of teaching the truth of God to our students every day, 190 days a year. One habit that we have made is to choose one verse a week to memorize as a school body. As a staff, we carefully choose scripture the students can hide in their hearts, as the gods ask us to do, so that when the trials and temptations come their way, which they will, they have solid truth of God to lead them. So we did choose 139 this year, and we hope that they will follow him no matter what situations they face in their life. David speaks about not being able to get away from God in these verses. Although David was a man after God's heart, he was definitely not perfect. He understood that if he tried to flee from God, there would be nowhere to go. There isn't a place in heaven or earth that he would not be surrounded by God. This portion is amazing to me. Uh, one of the topics that we teach in, in high school biology is reproduction, but we prefer to call it the absolute miracle of life. The intricate details of the cells forming and growing and connecting to each other are so numerous that biologists actually cannot fully comprehend how a person is able to be alive. Steps in the formation of of um, of life cannot be missed, it can't be rearranged, and it can't be up to chance. Because of irreducible complexity, 
Some scientists, some secular scientists, are now rejecting the evolutionary theories because they say it just can't be by chance. There's too many details, and many details that they that their microscopes aren't aren't strong enough to actually see what's happening. They just know the result of what happened. But the good thing is, God knows. And he knows not only those details, but he knew every day of our lives before we were born. And that is amazing. No one can put a price, can give me a price, on the importance of being able to share this truth of worth to children on a daily basis at school, where they're learning about these things. To, to disconnect the, the science from the scientist who made it doesn't work. <clears throat> and many of our children, I don't know if you knew this, many of our children are unchurched. The only place that they hear about God is at school. And it's amazing to sit in my middle years classroom when we have prayer time and to hear the prayers of those young boys who have only heard about God in school to hear them pray and ask God to help them become young men of integrity um, brings tears to my eyes. So no matter what situation my students find themselves in, I find myself in, or that you find yourself in, God already knew about it before you were born. And he promises that he's going to be with you always. So far, we've read that God knows us. God is with us even if we try to flee from him. God created us and knows what will happen in our days on earth. Now David tells us that God thinks about us. Like he not only knows us, but he actually thinks about us. He didn't just make us, put us onto earth, and then go on to other things. God is good. He, he thinks about us. His love, his love is complete, even though we make mistakes. I'm so thankful to have a loving Heavenly Father. And what a blessing it is to teach students that every day. This part of the psalm is a little hard to, um, to swallow when, you're, when you are considering what David is asking when you first look at it. But you notice that, God, that, that David doesn't say, oh, that I would slay the wicked God. He's saying, God, if only you would. But David realizes that God created those that, that hate God too. And he loves those that hate God just as much as he does David. <clears throat> David sees people around him that want nothing to do with God. They curse him even though he created them. David, But David in this portion, he yearns he wants, he just wishes for a world where there's true peace and where God is given the reverence and the respect that God deserves. David here is inviting God to his soul to see if he is right with God. David realizes that he needs to humble himself and be serious about his own life so that he can make it right with God. And when I read the psalm, these last verses really make me stop and evaluate me. With the Holy Spirit opening my eyes to the real me, 
I can confess my sins at the cross, and there, and only there, am I free. Jesus has taken upon them, taken them upon himself. What a gift that is from Jesus. And I asked you before how well you knew those sitting beside you. Think about how well God knows you. I don't know what situation you're in, but I do know that this God, the Holy Spirit, and his son Jesus knows you completely. And he's waiting for you to trust him. And will you tell of his mighty acts? In all the things that we are called to do, this is the Great Commission. Go and tell the world that Jesus Christ is Lord. At LCS, we teach that God is real, he is trustworthy, and he loves each of us. To do this five days a week, 40 weeks a year, for the past 30 plus years, we can honestly say that we have seen God working in the lives of our students, staff, and families. And this spring, after we got home from Guatemala, four of our students who came to Guatemala with us um, are being baptized. And we just thank the Lord that we have an opportunity to speak into their lives. It has been an absolute blessing for me to be part of a ministry in our town where one generation teaches about God's mighty acts to our future generation. What I've asked of you is for you to continue to pray for us. You continue to pray for understanding and wisdom, for health and for God's presence in our community and in our school. Thank you. Bert? <laughs>